Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast contains discussions of child abuse, sexual repression and sexual abuse, suicide, racism, misogyny, PTSD and PTSD symptoms, and spiritual oppression and abuse, including guilt, shame, and fear. In most episodes, we will be mentioning some of these concepts in a general way without any graphic detail. If any of these topics or other triggering topics will be mentioned in great detail, we will let you know at the beginning of each individual episode, as well as in the show notes for that episode. Welcome back to the Leaving Eden podcast, this special law and order edition of the Leaving Eden podcast, where we are here to talk about the Josh Duggar trial. We have a verdict. Uh, my name is Gabrielle Hakohen, um, and I am here with my BFF and co-host Sadie Carpenter. Sadie, would you like to tell us what the verdict is? What a privilege for you to allow me to announce it. I'm sure this isn't a surprise to most of our listeners, but today... On Thursday, December 9th, Josh Duggar was convicted. He was found guilty of... <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I'm sorry. Um, I found an app on the internet that lets me... Like, I could just push a button on my phone. It plays the law and order noise. I'm going to just, like, play that every time I feel like it. <laughs> you know what? I, I, think that's, I think that's fine. Listen. Um, listen. So he's been guilty... That's nice. Yes. He's been found guilty of two counts, one count of receiving, one count of possessing child sexual abuse materials. So so what I heard from somebody who works for the prosecution or the government is that technically receiving is the charge and possession 
is a subcharge under that. So oh. it's technically incorrect to say guilty on both counts, but everybody is saying that anyway. I'm sure we'll find out more information as we get closer to sentencing. Wait, wait, wait. So it's he's, he hasn't been charged with two things. It's a count and a subcount. How does that work? We've been told this entire time that he was charged with two things. So I'm I'm very confused by this. So is that a maximum of because all of it's these still things? This, it's still the same sentencing guidelines. So the same. So there's twenty. Each count carries a maximum of twenty years. Yes. And a maximum fine of $250,000. And that still applies to each count. So his maximum sentence is still 40 years. And the maximum fine is still $500,000. But Okay, so but before we get into some details of this, because what we're going to do, we're going to just quickly, briefly go over closing arguments, what happened in closing arguments. And then we're going to talk about uh, the jury deliberations. And then we're going to go into details about the verdict and what really happened in the courtroom. Um, but before we get into that, uh, the Leaving Eden podcast is a podcast about my co-host's life in and escape from the independent fundamental Baptist cult. So we talk about this cult. We talk about other cults. We talk about religion. We talk about fundamentalism. And we talk about the real and present danger that cults and cult-like ideologies pose to society as a whole. Sometimes we also snark on fundamentalists. And because, you know, her upbringing was somewhat similar to what the Duggars are the we talk about them sometimes so if you haven't heard this show before you can go back and check out episode 57 which is our primer for new listeners but the point of our show is to promote freedom of mind freedom of thought and freedom of religion uh, so if you like our show if you are a fan of our show you can do a couple of things you can join our patreon which is going to be patreon.com slash leaving eden podcast where we have extended and uncensored episodes of our show and you can go and join our Facebook group, which is going to be facebook.com slash groups slash Eden Exodus. And you can join our subreddit, which is going to be reddit.com slash r slash Eden Exodus. A lot of great discussions about this trial going on in both of those places. So if you want to chime in, feel free to go do that. Sadie, uh, anything else that you want to say? I have a completely personal note. I think I have earned myself a bumper sticker that says I'm dumb enough to be on Josh Duggar's legal team because, <laughs> because I willingly scheduled my COVID booster and flu shot yesterday. Just like Hulk it out right there. They're they're giving you everything, man. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I thought that we would either have a verdict before yesterday or that it would go through the end of the week so I'd have time to recover. But I was I was not correct. I will be fine. I just may sound a little bit low energy on this episode. Yeah. Arm hurts, stuff like that. Not too bad. I don't I don't feel that bad. I just feel tired. Um, but my arm is like black and blue because I got both shots in the same arm. Ooh, no thank you. Well, I need one arm to pick up my chunky baby. So Yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh would you like to jump into just our brief information about uh, closing statements on Wednesday, December 8th. Right. Okay. So we had prosecution closing go first. I think each closing argument, how long did they go for? Like an hour and a half? So Anna Darling, uh, who is a local news reporter, tweeted that the closing arguments were over an hour for each side. I do want to give credit, of course, to Anna Darling, as well as Cece McCandless of KNWA, uh, News 5, which is another local news station out of Fayetteville, Arkansas as well. Carrie Jernigan on TikTok, 
uh, and the son. Please see my note at the beginning of our second child update if you want to know about why we're using the son as a source and for what we are using that information. Uh, the Duggar will call for Wednesday, December 8th. Uh, Anna and Derek, as usual, and Jill. Jill showed up on Wednesday the 8th. Really? Yeah, looking fierce and mad. Uh, I think... I think she is really okay. showing a lot of strength, and I hope that she uses that strength to continue to deconstruct some of the toxic beliefs that she's still held on to. Justin and Claire were also there, both spivy parents, so Claire's parents, Joanna and Austin, again, sitting in the back away from the rest of the family. Jessa Duggar was reportedly present, but that's coming from the son, so we're not 100% sure. And the son's been getting Duggar children's names <laughs> wrong anyway, so. Yeah, they've been they've been doing they've been not doing a great job on that part. Uh also Jason Duggar, who the son was finally able to identify correctly. Jason was looking very extremely liberal in a fitted suit and a floral patterned shirt. I want to say I saw this picture. I thought he looked good, man. I like It was a nice outfit. He's definitely the most stylish of all of them. Yes. And I, my, my gut says that there has got to be a strategy to the amount of non-IBLP approved clothing that we saw at this trial. The Duggar girls who were in attendance routinely wore skirts that fell maybe the top of their knee or the middle of their knee, definitely not below the knee. Uh, Anna was showing a lot of kneecap on a couple occasions. Oy vey. She also wore the dress with the zippers on the chest, which is 100% not, not IBLP approved because that's an eye trap and it doesn't enhance your countenance. And then also having Jason show up in a patterned shirt. I think there's absolutely got to be some kind of strategy to this. They're trying to appear more normal or we're just seeing that now that all of the shows are off the air, they don't care about keeping up appearances anymore. Well, you know who showed up wearing something that is uh, against IBLP rules or against IBLP recommendations? Who? Jim Bob. Oh, right. And you want to know what it was he was wearing? And we have now confirmation on this from some photographs is that Jim Bob's hair is not real. Well, some of it is. Some of it is. The stuff around, like, but we could tell, you know, because the top was significantly darker than the bottom. There was, like, a line there. We find, I, I mentioned in an earlier episode about this trial that I think it is appropriate and not just appropriate, but even necessary to find humor in the things that are appropriate to find humor in. I think we all need a laugh as we go through this extremely serious and heartbreaking subject material. And I'm 100% down to laugh at Jim Bob Duggar's toupee line. <laughs> not because not because he chooses to wear a hairpiece and not to body shame on anybody who has less hair on their head. I appreciate that. You know, I care, I care about you. <laughs> I care about you. And I think your shaved head thing looks very nice. I very much approve. The reason I think it's a totally okay to snark on this is because it is another evidence of hypocrisy from Jim Bob Duggar. The, we were informed by a group member and source of ours who we 100% trust that the IBLP are told to celebrate and respect men who have graying hair or who are going bald because that's a sign of maturity and uh, that you shouldn't change that because that's an immutable. That's something that God made about you. And Jim Bob has apparently just been throwing that to the wind all these years. Who knows how long? 
You know, one of the things that I want to say is that Jim Bob is clearly not down with the body positivity movement. If you look at Jim Bob's uh, Spotify playlist, there is not going to be a lot of Lizzo on there, okay? I wouldn't think so, no. Which is Jim Bob's loss. That is Jim Bob's loss. You know, he isn't going to realize that he is his own soulmate and he knows how to love me or he knows how to love him. Um, I don't think he knows how to love me. Anyway, I, <laughs> I, I also doubt that. Yeah, as a as a a bald slash balding man, I just want to say bald is beautiful. Jim Bob, you should embrace your uh, body with confidence and uh, your aging with confidence. If you shaved your head, I think that I I don't know, like the, the, the hair helmet thing that he's got going on right now and that he's had going on is like sus and kind of weird looking to begin with like you look at it and you're like why is it that shape like you can tell <laughs> if you see it that shape you know it's just, like you remember jack hiles i've actually got a picture of jack hiles uh hanging up above where where i podcast uh jack hiles was extremely bald and had a hardcore comb around the situation going on not a comb over like a comb around like like a like a tornado of hair I've always felt that he combed it over from both directions. Like he took hair from the left and then put put that over towards the right and then went from the right and went over on top of the other hair to the left. Like the amount of hair that he's got to have to like cover up that situation. Like, you know, he's got to have longer hair than a lot of these hippies that he was raging against. That's true. Okay, before we go off the rails too far, let's get into <laughs> closing arguments. I think we've talked enough about the Duggar T. All right, closing arguments. Give me one sec. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm just going to breeze through this super quickly. I'm just going to hit the points that I think were likely important to the jury's deliberations. Just a lot of new stuff came up. Yeah. Um, not too much new stuff in the prosecutions, who, of course, went first because it's a criminal trial. Carly Marshall from the prosecution presented closing arguments. She opened with, is this really a whodunit? Which sick lawyer burn for Carly Marshall. But the answer is no. <laughs> right. Not not quite as good as Bobby Holt's sick fundy burn on Jim Bob, but still a pretty good sick lawyer burn. No, it's a he done it. That's what it is. It's a he done it. That we, we know who done it. And now it we him. can yeah, and now we can finally not have to say allegedly anymore. And in five minutes when I'm done with this recap, I can never say router again. Which makes me so happy. <laughs> okay. So closing arguments from Carly Marshall are just to summarize the government's case against Josh Duggar. So she went through each witness's testimony very methodically. She talked about Amber Calmer's testimony, the details she provided about a video that she had intercepted being downloaded on the car lot IP address. And Marshall showed the jury again images from that video that were shown early in the trial. So Marshall talked about Faulkner's testimony that he worked with the internet service provider to find the physical address associated with the IP address. I did find it interesting that the prosecution brought up in their closing arguments that Faulkner originally got an incorrect street address from the internet service provider because the plot of land where the dealership is was originally part of another plot and part that part was sold off and then became the dealership. So the prosecution originally went to the address of 
the plot of land that the dealership had been split off from. I thought it was interesting that they owned up to the fact that they had originally been given bad information in the closing arguments. I'm thinking maybe the reason they brought that back up was to reiterate that they prosecuted as quickly as they could and that there were obstacles, which is why the arrest didn't happen until November because the crime took place in May. Or the raid didn't happen until November. The defense brought this up in cross-examination because they're just like, the prosecution, they bungled this case. Look, they accidentally put the wrong address into their Google Maps. But like when they, like they finally got to the right place and they figured and they found what they were looking for. So it's not like, I, I don't know what they were going for with that one. Like The defense was going for just anything they could pull out of the hat, I think, is what, what they were going for. So I do think that's why the prosecution chose to bring this back up in closing statements because the crime took place in May and the raid did not happen until November and then the arrest happened later. So Marshall continued going over Faulkner's testimony that a search warrant was executed and that Josh Duggar said, what is this about? Has someone been downloading child sexual abuse materials? Specifically, Marshall asked the jury, who was the first person to bring up child sexual abuse materials and reminded them, that it was Josh Duggar. He knew it was there and he told on himself. And then she played a clip from the recording of the interview between Duggar and the agents who raided the car lot right after he said the stupid thing that he said, where he knew that he was being recorded and he said on recording, I'm not denying guilt. So then she went through some more details um, about other car lot employees, um, that their phones were clear, that they weren't at the lot on the dates in question, continuing to just comb through Fatrell's testimony. Uh, when Linux was downloaded, the fact that a picture was taken on Josh Duggar's phone at the car lot on the same day that Linux was downloaded with the password of Joshua JJD. She went back over the Dell One username with the Intel 1988 password, which was a password that Josh Duggar had been using for years on many different things. And she made her point, I think, very well that whoever partitioned the computer would have to be there on May 11th to do that. Regardless of any of the remote access bullshit, somebody had to physically be there to partition the computer, and that is a fact. So she reminded the jury about the dark web directory site that was bookmarked in the Tor browser, mentioned the red hat photo. A photo was taken at the office. Uh, someone was caught in reflection in the computer screen. That person was wearing a red hat. Uh, on the same day, a few minutes later, a text was sent from Duggar's phone saying that he got stuck at the car lot. A few minutes later, both child sexual abuse materials and other torrents were downloaded to the Linux side of the computer. A few minutes after that, Duggar's phone was used to text somebody saying that he had a Versa at the car lot. And then a few hours later, Josh's phone was used for a selfie in which Josh was wearing a red hat. She just went very line by line through the details of the testimonies that were given by witnesses for the prosecution. I wish, uh, you know, I don't have the court transcripts at this time. I am going to try to buy them unless they cost like $1,000. Um, and if I do get them, we will do another episode, of course. But it, it's the, the vibe that I got from reading several different reporters who were there was that she was extremely methodical with this very cool, calm and collected. Just this is what happened. And then she finally noted um, that Josh Duggar was there at the car lot. Every time the partition was accessed, he was there. Every time child sexual abuse materials were downloaded. And that shows that he viewed knowingly possessed these files. There we go. I think that's about what we expected from the prosecution's closing arguments. But I think I think she said everything that she needed to be said. So we can move on to the defense's closing arguments. 
when you're ready. So you had a theory that the second defense witness, Daniel Wilcox, was going to uh, that the defense in their closing arguments was going to latch onto something that Wilcox said in his testimony that maybe kind of flew under the radar. I was so worried. Yeah, you were you were like super worried that this was going to be like an ace in the hole for them. Did that happen in the defense's closing argument? No, they didn't say a word about Wilcox from what was reported out of the courtroom. I don't know why they called him. I don't know what the point of that was. Maybe you were right about just wanting to have a buffer between the disastrous testimony from Michelle Bush and the closing arguments. Yeah, the, I, that's still my uh, that's still my theory is that they saw what happened to Bush under cross examination and they were just yeah. like, oh fuck. We are. We can't let this here. be we, the last yeah. thing in the jury's minds before we go to closing. Yeah, we can't let this be the only thing that we bring to the case because that was pretty much the, that was their only witness. Yeah. Yeah. If they hadn't called Wilcox. So Gelfland just reiter- reiterated the points that the defense has made throughout the trial. So as we went into closing statements, the defense really leaned hard on trying to shoot for a hung jury, which I think was not surprising given the amount of evidence that the prosecution has brought. I think that was their strategy from the beginning, though, because I think they were counting on some people on the jury not knowing enough about computers to understand that what they were saying wasn't true or wasn't accurate. And so they brought somebody in who said, well, it could have been this. You never know. And that was enough to maybe get one of the people to think there's reasonable doubt. And that was their strategy, it seems like. Yeah. But if you get a hung jury, you've got to do another trial. Well, maybe they were planning on doing another trial with with a better witness. I don't know. That that seems like... So Gelfland, how he tried to shoot for a hung jury was noting that the defendant does not have the burden of proof, and he really leaned on each juror's individual power to vote against conviction if they have a single reasonable doubt in their minds. He spent a few minutes going over that. Gelfland said that the prosecution's case depends on Duggar being behind the computer and that they have no case if he wasn't, which I don't think is 100% accurate because, Gavi, you had that theory about maybe he did the remote accessing himself. Yeah, but that was based on the uh, on the theory that they brought forward. They said, oh, well, what if port forwarding was turned on? And then they never brought in the evidence that port forwarding was turned on. So Right. I just think that what the prosecution's saying does not 100% make sense because they're saying there's no case if he wasn't behind the computer because somebody else remotely accessed it. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. If it was possible to remote access it, then it doesn't mean that Josh Duggar had to be behind the computer. He could have been the one remote accessing it. Exactly. It's, It's a major hole in the defense theory. It's like somebody had to download it to begin with. Somebody had to do this stuff to begin with. Right. Um. So this did not make it into our recap episode from December 7th, but Gelflin reportedly said that the hacker could have been in Paris, which was the statement that spawned a thousand memes. <sighs> could have been anywhere. Could have been in Paris. This is an international crime. We need to get Interpol involved. We need to get the CIA involved. What's going on here? You're not <laughs> equipped to handle crimes of this magnitude. I don't know what he's going for. Well, I'll tell you a little bit more about where he takes that in a second. He gave six reasons that the that remote access was possible. Remote plug and play turned on, which the defense did not prove. That the HP, HP streams through a router saying that the real evidence is on the router. 
well, why didn't the defense examine the router? The size of the partition, that it wasn't big enough to keep lots of photos and videos, and the short time period of the crime. Again, the partition didn't need to keep photos and videos. It just needed to download, view, and delete. Or download, put onto an external, and delete. Just saying. And the partition was absolutely big enough to do what the evidence shows that it did. (sighs) Fifth reason was the immediate deletion of one of the files. Uh, That video has been in question. There is reason to think that maybe whoever downloaded it downloaded it looking for a specific type of abuse that does not show up in the early part of the video. So they went ahead and deleted it and tried to find something else, which was what they actually wanted to see. I am not sure because I've seen some real conflicting reports about that video. The sixth reason was that the iPhone and MacBook belonging to Josh Duggar showed no forensic trace of child sexual abuse materials. I don't get that defense. That doesn't make like it's like, oh. Oh, we think that this guy killed somebody and we found a, a gun in his house with his fingerprints on it that matches the ballistic. But we also found a knife in his house that didn't have any blood on it. So what about that? <laughs> like, that is a perf- that is a perfect analogy. So so what Gelflin said about the investigators in the case, he said that they failed to investigate other possible suspects because, quote, they were so starstruck about the possibility of prosecuting Josh Duggar. Were they, though? It's not like a thing. I don't, I think, I think you'd have to be a little bit bigger than like a D-list celebrity for that. Because he is, he is like (laughs) D-list. I've never heard it. Like, so for all of our listeners who are new to this, um, Sadie and I started this podcast because she was like, oh, I was raised in a cult. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And I'm just like, what kind of cult? And she's like, well, do you know who the Duggars are? And I'm like, I have no, no, I don't know who that is. I don't know what that is. Like uh, some people know who these people are. A lot of people don't. It's not like they're trying to prosecute like Kanye West or something. He's not that big. He's known by some people in some parts of the television and internet world, but he's not. I don't think people would be starstruck. Especially not federal investigators. Look, he's running a fucking car deal. He's running a used car dealership. Okay, that's what he's doing with his life. Like this is the sort if somebody's like famous, famous, if you want to get somebody's phone number, like their personal phone number, and you can just like call up a car dealership and ask about a Versa and then you will get a text from them from their personal phone. That person is not famous enough for you to be starstruck by. Okay. Yeah. Like that's that's the rule. I could get this guy's phone number by just like looking on the website of his car dealership. Yeah, I I completely <laughs> concur with that estimation. So that's what I have for the defense's closing arguments. Yeah. The jury went to deliberations at 12:17 Central Standard Time. We don't know exactly how long they actually deliberated because we don't know how long it took to elect a four-person. We don't know if they had lunch brought in before starting deliberations. So yes, it was taking a little longer than some of us expected when we didn't get a verdict by the end of the day on Wednesday. There's 12 of them, right? There's 12 jurors. 12 jurors and four alternates. So it probably took longer for them to get their takeout order straight than it did for them to uh, actually get a conviction on this guy. Yeah, I I think that I I was right there with everybody being so stressed out on Wednesday. I don't want Chinese. I had Chinese three days ago. We can't get pizza. I'm on low carb. (laughs) (laughs) 
So sometime after 2 p.m., we know that the jury had gotten down to the business of going over the evidence because the jury sent a communication to the judge asking to see a particular piece of evidence again. Oh, which piece of evidence was this? Oh, uh, so the jury can request to review anything that was entered into evidence. They can't ask for anything additional that was not entered into evidence during the trial. They can also rely on notes that they made during the trial. The evidence that they asked for was the full recording made by Homeland Security just after the number one stupid comment that Josh Duggar made. So the jury requested that recording. They had to go back into the courtroom to hear it. They were back at 2.23 p.m., the full recording is around 30 minutes, and then they were back to deliberations at 3.04 p.m. And I got these exact times because I'm a nerd for details, and I downloaded the court minutes on Pacer. So when you heard that this was the, like, so you sent me a message yesterday. You were saying, this is the this is the piece of evidence that they want to see again. And I'm like, okay, yeah, they're going to find him guilty because that, I mean, that evidence is pretty damning. That's the piece of evidence where he says, well, I'm not going to deny guilt because I have friends who got in trouble for saying the wrong thing. Yes. And it's also the piece of evidence where he said that his router was secure. Yeah. So I, I think that when we heard that was what they were asking for, that was a bit of a sigh of relief. One juror also requested a calendar that showed dates from May 2019 to present. This request was denied because no such calendar was entered into evidence. So the jury could look at the prosecution's timeline of events, or they can rely on their notes about the timeline of events, but they can't just be given a calendar because it, for that reason, it wasn't entered into evidence. So at 4.57 p.m. on Wednesday, the jury informed the court that they would like to come back on Thursday, November 9th, to continue deliberations, and the world of the snarkers simultaneously came to a halt and exploded for the evening. Yes, those two things that are contradictory but also both true and the memeing started people started uh do you want to do a meme review at some point i don't want to on this episode but i do want to do it eventually eventually we're going to do a meme review of all of the memes maybe we'll put that on patreon that sounds great uh so do you want to go let's take up the offering and then we'll come back and then we'll talk about the conviction okay that sounds great okay we'll be back in a couple minutes Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right. Welcome back. We are back. We are here. We are talking about Josh Duggar's conviction. Uh, we no longer have to say allegedly when we describe him as a pedophile. We no longer have to say alleged pedophile. Uh, we can say convicted pedophile. 
Hey, Sadie here. If this is your first time listening to the Leaving Eden podcast, make sure you go back and check out episode 57. It's a primer episode for new listeners. That episode tells my personal story and gives you all the terms and information that you'll need to know going forward. Also, check out our cult true crime series, The First Family of Fundamentalism, so that you can get the whole cult story. If you like our show, you can support us by joining our Patreon, where we have extended and uncensored episodes, as well as other bonus content available. You can also join in the discussion in our Facebook group, that group is called Eden Exodus. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell your worst enemy. The Leaving Eden podcast is a fully independent podcast, and we really appreciate your support. Now, back to the show. All right, we are back uh, from our break. Sadie, why don't you take us through today, Thursday, December 9th, uh, the day that the verdict was announced. What happened? So around 11 o'clock a.m., the jury notified the court that the verdict was ready. And around 11.20, the verdict was read. Guilty on the charge of receipt of child sexual abuse materials. Guilty on the lesser included charge of possession of child sexual abuse materials. Josh Duggar was reportedly teary-eyed but not crying as the verdict was read. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There we go. (laughs) Sorry, just had to throw that in there. Hopefully he's saving his big cry for tonight in his bed in jail. He's going to jail. So has he been remanded? Yes, he's going to jail right now, probably already being booked in, I imagine, because he was taken into custody on the spot, handcuffed as soon as the verdict was read. The defense tried to fight this and have him sent back to the Reavers to await sentencing, but the Honorable Timothy L. Brooks once again was not having it with the bullshit and said, no, the U.S. Marshals are going to take him. So as far as we know at this time, he will be in prison or jail of some kind until he is officially sentenced in 75 to 90 days-ish. So we're looking at somewhere around the end of February or beginning of March for sentencing. You couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. <laughs> I beg to differ. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, when you say U.S. Marshals taking him into custody, you know what I imagine? I imagine Timothy Oliphant in the cowboy hat. Oh, uh, that's exactly what I was imagining. Yeah, I was imagining. Um, Although Josh Duggar does not does not deserve to be in the same room as Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, no, I, I was imagining Raylan <laughs> Gibbons from uh, from Justified taking uh, Josh Duggar into custody and uh, and locking him away. <laughs> I just I have this very I I wish to goodness that cameras were allowed in the courtroom because I would get so much good out of watching him being dragged away. But I do have a very vivid mental image that is bringing me joy. Who was there? Who was there witnessing him being dragged away? Which which Duggars were present? So it's not 100 percent certain. Uh, Obviously, Anna and Jim Bob were there. It looks like Justin was also there. The brother who just got married, um, who reportedly just bawled when he was sentenced, which gives me gives me sympathy for Justin once again. And I hope that maybe this will be a catalyst for him growing up and maybe wanting to get out of the IBLP. I think that would be a one good outcome from this. Justin's wife, Claire, was also there. Derek Dillard was there, um, just marched out of the courtroom. So everybody else who was there left together in a car that Jim Bob had waiting for them. But Derek just beelined out on his own, blew past the reporters, kind of looked like a badass. Not going to lie. So Derek is the one. Yesterday, Josh came over. He's the one that that Josh was like, I'm going to shake your hand one last time. Is that Derek? That's Derek, Jill's husband. Yeah. So Josh went over to them trying to 
what was that like a power move? I'm trying to imagine That's how Derek. I read it. I, what I saw, like I would. <laughs> If I were Derek, I would just be like, yeah, I'm shaking your hand now, but that's the last time I'm ever going to have to shake your hand and see you again because you're going to jail because it's very obvious that you were extremely guilty. Depending on how much you trust the son's ability to identify Duggar children, Jana, the full list that they gave was Jana, Jason, Joanna, her husband, Austin, Justin, Jessa, and Derek, but Jill was not there. Oh, I did get pictures of him being put into a police car. Really? Sorry, I am I am still doing the endless refresh cycle as we record this because we have just found out about the verdict about an hour ago. So I am I'm still doing the like refresh cycle on my phone and I did uh find a couple pictures of him being put into the US Marshals vehicle. I'll send them to Gabby. Okay, well those will be on our Instagram. If you're listening to this episode, check our Instagram and you will see that there is pictures of Josh Duggar being perp walked into a U.S. What is it? A van? They're loading it's a, him it's into like, a, it's a SUV. Yeah, they're loading him into into a black Chevy Suburban. Uh, is he wearing an orange jumpsuit yet? No, it's a, it's a white um, sheriff's vehicle. Oh, okay. Well, eventually we're going <laughs> to see him in like a, in like a orange jumpsuit or like a, a gray jumpsuit. You know, prison clothes. Well, we will probably get to see him in prison clothes when his lawyers mount an appeal, because according to his, there was a, a very short press conference, uh, which I watched a live stream of from outside the courthouse, where his attorney said that they do plan to appeal at, quote, the appropriate time. So here's the question. I wonder what they're going to bring up on appeal. Are they going to bring up uh, we basically mounted the worst defense of anybody ever in any criminal case in history because i feel like that would be legitimate grounds for appeal you know i think if they do an appeal we'll just cover it on this show because then we'll be able to get into the details of that i think the most important thing that was covered on this live stream was something that a representative for the agency that helped catch the crime said he said something like Every time these videos are played or these images viewed, the child in those images is victimized again. He made a very strong point that viewing these materials isn't just watching child abuse. It is committing child abuse because the person who watches it re-victimizes and contributes contributes to the abuse of the children depicted. So Josh Duggar has been found guilty on both counts. Um of knowingly possessing, I guess, child sexual abuse materials is what we're calling it, but that's not what they call it in the... It's not the legal term, but it is a more correct term. Yeah, and one count of receiving child sexual abuse materials, and each of these charges carries a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison and a fine of $250,000. Now, just because these are the maximum does not mean that this is what he will serve. Sadly, chances are he was offered a plea deal earlier in exchange for lighter sensing. Obviously, this didn't go through. He didn't take the plea. There has been speculation to what that plea may have entailed, but nothing has been confirmed. But because this case actually went to trial and he did not take the plea deal, we can expect a longer sentence than if he had taken it. 
We don't know what the original plea deal offered was. They could have offered him one year or they could have offered him three years or 10 years. We we just don't know. I highly doubt that they offered him one year. I think that would be extremely light for the gravity of the crimes that he has committed. I just think that Josh Duggar is dumb enough that if they had offered him one year, he still wouldn't have taken it because he still would have thought he could win this trial somehow. Right. I like I honestly I think that the um that the plea deal was probably like upwards of five, maybe like seven years or something like that. So that he would look at that and he'd be like, no, I'm not doing that. I will take my chances of the trial. So one of the things that can happen, though, is that the judge, because he's looking at like maximum, maximum, maximum sentence is 40 years uh, because each count is 20 years. But one of the things that can happen, the judge can sentence him to serve both crimes consecutively. So that would mean he would do the full 40 years or he can sentence him to do both crimes concurrently, which means that he would serve sentences for both at the same time. So that would be uh, 20, uh, 20 years. I think that's common when there is a charge and then there's a lesser included charge is to have them sentenced both concurrently. Uh, but I'm not sure if you are a legal expert, if you're a lawyer or if you're a judge, and you listen to the show and I got that totally wrong. Uh, please let me know and I will correct it. But basically, the judge can say you will serve 40 years, uh, serve both of these counts back to back. And I don't know this judge's sentence habits, like what this judge usually does. I can't say what's more likely. Uh, the judge could just say you're going to serve 10 years. You're going to serve 15 years. You're going to serve 25 years. Either way, this guy's a felon. He's been convicted. He's going to prison. And when or if he gets out, he will have to register as a sex offender and stay away from children. Yes. So I don't know enough to try to predict what this sentence will be. I will be filled with rage if it is less than five years. I will be able to contain my rage if it is at least five years. And I will start approaching being satisfied when the sentence goes above 10 years. Max is 40. Max is 40. Yes, yes, I know. It's just that I saw Jack Scott go to jail for 10 years for ruining one young person's life, but also all of the pain and suffering that he caused thousands and thousands of people, including myself. So I just, I don't allow myself to hope for the best. I just, I can't. He wasn't on trial for all of the pain and suffering that he caused to you and everybody else, sadly. No, I know. I know. I just, I just cannot allow myself to hope for the best i can't i can't i cannot have that kind of optimism at this point i wish i wish i could but i'm I'm just not that person so one thing about the sentencing sadie do you want to make this announcement yes we do have a an announcement about the sentencing and i think this is a nice thing to wrap up our episode on we are going to pledge to donate five dollars per year that he is sentenced to the children's safety center in Springfield, arkansas the Children's Safety Center is a local charity that helps protect children that have been victims of abuse. They provide victim advocacy. They do necessary forensic interviews in a way that reduces the number of interviews that an individual child needs to go through. So reduce the total trauma on a child. They provide medical services and therapy. They exist to help children like the children that have been victimized by Josh Jugger. And this is a local charity in Arkansas. So it's right. And yeah. and we appreciate uh, all of our listeners support through doing this. We're thankful that you decided to stick with us through this trial. And we do want to we want to show some appreciation to all of our listeners and in honor of uh, the people that have been hurt by Josh Duggar and people like him by making this donation uh, whenever he gets sentenced. We'll post on Instagram 
and show you our receipts and all the stuff that we normally do. So the um, one last thing before we go, have you been checking on people's social media, seeing what they're saying about the trial? Has Cousin Amy been saying anything? Oh, Cousin Amy did say something. Let me pull it up on Twitter. So Cousin Amy tweeted that justice was done. She seemed very much in support of this verdict. Uh, Cousin Amy also tweeted, may the jurors and Judge Brooks seek healing, counseling, healing slash counseling from all that was exposed to them. May the children grow up with real godly men as father figures who will guide and protect them. May the people who were once in disbelief have their eyes opened for the first time. That sounds about right. That's not, that sounds about right. Yeah. I looked up Danica Dillon's Twitter. Um, if you Oh, guys... my goodness. Did she say something? Sadly, no. I was hoping that she would say something. Because the well, other she time... signed an NDA. Right. But she said on Twitter, like, but she didn't, you know, it, no tweets like today is a good day from her. You know, because because if you know about Danica, she was uh, she was a, a, a adult video performer, a, adult movie performer who was performing at a strip club and then accepted money from Josh Duggar for companionship for companionship. And then he didn't pay her properly and was way super and rough with her. Yeah. Also and, uh, allegedly her. beat her. Yes. Which. You know, I 100% believe that he did, you know, knowing this man's propensity for sexual violence. Yeah, we 100% believe her. We, just, we have to say allegedly because that one was settled out of court. Yeah, so settled out of court and uh, she got uh, she had to sign an NDA and she had to say that wasn't true. I don't know. But but she tweeted at one point saying, what was it that uh, just because uh, it just because something it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. What was it that she said? I can't remember. You'd have to go back to our Duggar episodes to see because I, I quoted her in those episodes. Yeah. So go back to I think it was episode like 16 and 17 or something like that. We have episodes where we talk about the Duggars and just give a general overview of the family. I am hoping that I don't have to talk about the Duggars anymore until um, sentencing. But I know that's not going to happen because the primary for Jim Bob's Senate run is this week. Oh God! But at least How I don't have to. Run for... I don't. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. At least I don't have to talk about the fucking router anymore. Oh my God! Ever again? That router. Never going to talk about it again. Unless the router is the thing that they bring up on appeal. Imagine this is what's going to happen, Sadie. This is what's going to happen: is they are going to appeal this case solely on the bounds of the router not being examined. Well, if they do that, I feel like they're going to have to bring in the actual router and then we'll have an answer so at least it won't be this mystery thing the the lawyer said that they would appeal but that's just him saying i don't think that necessarily means it's absolutely going to happen you say that in front of the camera so that you can be like we were right this was a wrongful conviction and then like you get back into the the locker room or whatever and you're gonna be like look like yeah is he really gonna do anything about that I knew this was going to be a guilty verdict as soon as I heard the first words out of the defense attorney's mouth at the start of this case, which was, if you want a good mystery, I've got the case for you. As soon as I heard that, I was like, "Okay, he's going to fucking jail. Yeah. And uh, I am I am happy that he will be in prison where he can hurt no more children. All right. I think we should go ahead and wrap up this episode. Yeah. Um, so thank you guys for all listening. Um, if any new updates happen in this trial, 
uh, in this case, uh, when they get to sentencing, you will be able to hear that from us. Uh, so make sure that you hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button for Leaving Eden Podcast. Subscribe to us on wherever you download your podcast, listen to your podcast, stream your podcast from. Um, you can, if you like our show and you enjoy our show and you want to support our show, you can join our Patreon, which is going to be patreon.com slash leaving Eden podcast, where we have extended and uncensored episodes of this show. You can join our Facebook group, which is going to be facebook.com slash groups slash Eden Exodus. You can join our subreddit, which is going to be reddit.com slash r slash Eden Exodus. Uh, if you like our theme song, you can download, you can stream our theme song. It's called Rolling River of Time. You can find it in uh, the link in the show notes. Uh, or if you follow me on Spotify or you know Apple Music or whatever, it's on there. Uh, Sadie, do you want to plug your social media? Yes, you can follow me on Instagram at Sadie Carpenter Music, uh, where I have been posting special brain bleach and eye bleach pictures of my adorable cat harry his full name is hieronymus bosch but we call him harry he's very sweet you can also follow me on twitter at hell yes sadie or on tiktok at sadie carpenter one and you can follow the podcast on facebook and instagram at leaving eden podcast on twitter at leaving even pod and you can follow me on facebook instagram twitter and clubhouse at g-a-v-r-i-e-l-h-a-c-o-h-e-n and thank you guys all you guys have a great day uh Bye-bye. Fuck Josh Duggar. Fuck Josh Duggar. But old rolling river of time Healed me in too many days No regrets, no Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.